1: Do you have a hobby, Alan? Well, I quite like collecting human hair without the uh, victims knowing. Oh my bloody hell! <laughs> he's Just, a psychopath. He is a psychopath, isn't he? I'm surprised he's told us that. I wondered what he was keeping in that drawer. There's a hairy drawer.
0: It's probably mostly yours. Yeah, <laughs> you've been coming here for a year.
1: Please don't say that. We're going to find a room underground somewhere, aren't we, with our faces yeah. adorned?
0: He's going to have a um, a mannequin that's dressed enough as you, hair wise. A wig, yeah, yeah. a wig.
1: <laughs> Like a skin suit, like in Silence of the Lambs. (laughs) Collecting human hair without the victims. (laughs) Oh, it's a worry. That's what we're talking about today. Not yeah. collecting
0: human hair, yeah. but hobbies. <laughs> so-
1: yeah. Yeah, I love hobbies since I got sober, Hamish. It's not something that I ever got involved in before because my only hobby was drinking. But now my one of my favourite hobbies is watching shit television. Okay. I mean, I've always liked a crappy brain dead show. But since I gave up drinking, I do like the worst type of toxic reality television.
0: Please name shame, said (laughs) Toxic Reality TV show.
1: So this week, my hobby has been watching Below Deck. Have you heard of that?
0: Liz is passionate about Below Deck. Oh my
1: God, it is the most toxic thing. (laughs) The level of drinking in this show is out of this world. (laughs) So it's what it is, I'll explain very quickly, is the guests are all going onto these incredible ships, these massive liners that cost 250 grand a week. (laughs) that is how much they, I looked it up I was like googling every single person and every destination on there and all they're doing is getting hu- really drunk and really hungover, and they're all in a state of anxiousness because they're worried about where the next drinks are coming from and they're all sleeping with the other deck crew the, so it's a, the story of the workers and the people coming on the boat so it's like a combination of these stories coming mm-hmm. together and it is the most boozy thing there's people wearing t-shirts saying give me alcohol now they're all missing out on the beauty beautiful views, the sunsets, the experience that this is because they're all so busy getting wasted. It's brilliant television, but actually really triggery for anyone that's going to be (laughs) drinking. I probably don't recommend watching it because literally it's just people drinking the whole programme. Once the guests have stopped drinking, it's the people that work on the boat that are drinking and then they're all having arguments. But the next day they never go, oh, maybe we had arguments because we were pissed. It's Mm. actually, oh, we had an argument. Isn't it terrible? I'm like, I'm shouting at the screen. So, you know, throwing socks at the screen saying, it's the booze, it's the booze. Stop drinking, everybody. It's Why really annoying. Are you are watching this? You're, you're, you've given up
0: booze to watch TV shows about people getting drunk.
1: I like getting riled up. Yeah. And I'm fascinated by it. I'm fascinated by addiction. And I'm fascinated that people think that's okay to go and spend 250 grand on a week away and get wasted the whole time so you can't even bloody mm. remember it. It's such a shame.
0: I've discovered a brand new sober hobby this week as well, which I think is going to be a game changer for me. Oh, really? So I went up for my first ever breathwork and ice bath workshop. So it was was like half a day down in Brisbane and I loved it. I've always been kind of interested in Wim Hof and what there is out there in terms of things that you can feel and experience through breathwork and ice baths, but I loved it. Oh, really? Oh, it was amazing. There were maybe 30 of us there. So yeah, we spent the first half an hour just doing this deep in-breath and then let half of it out, deep in-breath, okay. half out. You do that for a while and then you hold your breath at the end. For the first time, you hold hold your breath maybe a minute and then a minute and a half and two minutes and you feel all sorts, tingly, hot, cold. Some people experience traumas from their life Okay, try emotional and go through that. Stuff, yep. right? I felt like I had a sort of ball of energy in my tummy bouncing around, which I felt before doing a... Had you a- had a curry?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, right. I had the shits.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, really enjoyed the breathwork stuff, and then the ice bath has always been a fear of mine. I think I am. So wet. I am the guy, it's like, oh, I feel the cold really badly, worse oh, than anyone no, else. No, you're my
1: worst, like, em- like, you go sort of translucent in the cold. Yeah, and then Blue, Yorkshire shivering lips. for school,
0: Newcastle for university, Scotland for holidays. We right. oh, haven't, that has not been helped by those three things. Yeah. So the ice bath, I said, I need to go in first. I don't want to watch anyone do it. Yeah. So it was six degrees and I had to be in there for five minutes. God. So they go, stand in it, take a few deep breaths, and then when you're ready, lower yourself in. So you drop in, you're sitting down. Water's probably up to my neck and I was just hyperventilating. I oh, no. could not catch my breath. And the woman's trying to calm me down, get eye contact with me, going, oh, just breathe slowly, breathe deeply. Eventually I caught my breath. And then she said, why don't you start voicing your out breaths? So I go, going... <sighs> <laughs> then I got the giggles. So like the giggles are probably two of my five minutes and everyone's watching. And I just can't breathe out without making these weird sounds. God,
1: it's out of the comfort zone. A group so of people doing of there,
0: that. But I then felt incredible oh really so I've read a little bit into the science of it and I think your production of dopamine in the hours following an ice bath goes through the roof it's like 250% what it would be normally
1: so it just felt incredible. So So It's the same neurotransmitters that are working when you drink. Exactly. So you're releasing the dopamine without having alcohol, which is amazing.
0: Yes. So I I had a cold shower today and I'm going to try and do the exercises every day. I'll I'll report back. But I think it's something I'm going to throw myself into during this sober year.
1: I am in for that. You in? Yeah, I'm in. I'm up for a bit of that.
0: We can do ice baths. Yeah,
1: yeah, I would be up for that. I've always wanted to swim the channel, so I reckon i lather myself up (laughs)
0: that, <laughs> you remember how I said I had the Do shits? we get naked That's, and lava ourselves up?
1: That's all I want to know. Now it's a party. <laughs>
0: Time is something that I expect to have a lot more of now I've given up alcohol. And the thought of how to fill it without being tempted back to the drink can feel daunting. I mean, what should I do with the time that I would normally spend throwing up in a nightclub toilet or nursing a hangover and watching 11 hours of TV whilst trying to eat my body weight in popcorn, Bit
1: mm, Popcorn is so light, Hamish, that would take ages. You need to try some heavier snacks. Rock, gobstoppers maybe, fudge cake... <sighs> They would be my heavy grub go-tos. Yeah,
0: that is a good idea. Apart from spending days stuffing your face with sugar, having more time on your hands can actually be one of the greatest gifts and dangers of your new sober life. So how are you going to fill it productively? Today, we're going to walk you through some of the sober hobbies which have worked for us and some that might best be avoided.
1: We hope that by the end of this episode, you might be able to see this extra time you have on your hands as an exciting opportunity to explore something new.
0: Yes, now is not the time to lock yourself in your bedroom like a horny teenager. The definition of a hobby is a regular activity that is done for enjoyment, typically during one's leisure time. In preparation for this episode, I watched a show about weird hobbies. Some of the things that came up were the following people that collect belly button fluff.
1: Oh, yeah, I do that.
0: (laughs) Arguing with people online. Yeah, I do that too. Ferret racing. Mm -hmm. Rock balancing. Mm -hmm. Learning to tie complicated knots. And train spotting.
1: Mm, I hope today we can come up with a few more nourishing hobbies than these, Hamish. For most of us,
0: drinking would probably have been considered a hobby, alongside other
1: classics like travelling, eating or watching YouTube
0: videos of people using carpet cleaners.
1: (laughs) That might be you, Hamish. Please do not elaborate. Honestly, though, I watch the dog YouTube clips. I will share my favourite YouTube clip of all time, which is a dog being afraid of its own leg. I'll put it in the show notes. (laughs) Makes me laugh for hours. Yeah,
0: that I need to see.
1: So we can replace our drinking hobby with one a little more productive and a little less pukey.
0: Obviously, this is not a one-size-fits-all question. We're not going to sit here and tell you that running daily 5Ks or becoming a Sudoku wizard are going to change your lives.
1: Although both have worked for me. do love a little Sudoku. Right. We're not selling it here, are we, Hamish? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> selling the sober life. <laughs> I'm not boring. I just love Sudoku. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> before we delve into the hobbies that could help you with your sobriety, let's begin by looking at how we used to fill our time before we got sober.
0: Vic, you put up a recent photograph on your Instagram of your eldest son, George. In it, he was holding a cardboard sign offering to wash anyone's car for $5. Beneath it, you wrote about how similar you used to be to him whilst growing up. You had lots of dreams, career aspirations, and I imagine a wide range of hobbies.
1: Yeah, bless him. My son, George, he's very entrepreneurial. He's got a little t-shirt business where he recycles t-shirts from the op shops and tie-dyes them and he sells them in the shop. I know. And he was out the front of the house. Yeah, he got 50 bucks cleaning cars the other day. What? Love him. Yeah, love him. Actually, it was some guy went past who didn't even get their cars clean and just gave him all the change out of the middle it was 25 bucks or something so yeah i've taught, i've got him begging out on the street generally most sundays now good going yeah yes yeah, so that's good giving me an extra coffee money so yeah i enjoyed rounders it was one of my favorite hobbies as a kid before i started boozing heavily they used to shout whacker when i went onto the pitch but i realized now they were probably shouting wanker <laughs> i was like yeah here i come the wacker. <laughs> I loved art and design. I was really creative growing up. And I think my real creative side got drowned out with alcohol eventually but I was always drawing always designing I loved those things at school I did really well at art and design and history mm-hmm. of art and for my A-levels they they were my thing but of course at that time when you're studying those things the things that you love is the same time when alcohol seeps into your life so they all got kind of drowned out as well I collected rubbers <laughs> I'm talking about the ones erasers Hamish I didn't collect <laughs> condoms until my 20s I
0: don't know that is weirder than collecting combos.
1: What, what, collecting rubbers? Yeah. There are all sorts of shapes, Hamish. It wasn't just one on the end of your pencil. That, that doesn't make it not weird. Really? <laughs> I loved collecting rubbers. It was my
0: favourite thing. I like the smell of rubbers.
1: Yeah. Oh, that was part of it. Yeah. And yeah. stickers. I used to have a lot of scratch and sniffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was actually in the Oxfordshire County tennis trials, Hamish. Really? Yep. I went to a posh private school for a while there where I used to wear my straw boater, but I failed miserably because I just ended up smoking around the back of the bike sheds and being really naughty. And they advised me to leave.
0: Oh, they invited you to look elsewhere?
1: Yes, depart Victoria. I used to love swimming as a kid. I would do anything. I gave up swimming at the local pool after my mum always used to say Vicky put your knickers on top of your swimming costume instead of putting them in your bag so I used to get ready for school in the morning put my swimming costume on put my knickers in top on top of my cosy and then I strode into the local swimming baths in front of all of my friends with my knickers still on top of my swimming costume and oh, wow. everybody laughed at me this is um, like a nightmare it was a nightmare so I never swam at that, that pool again Maidenhead and Bracknell swimming pool We can't um, blame booze for that one I, don't, I can't <laughs> blame <laughs> it. No, I was wasted. I was five. No. I was full of ideas until booze and especially cigarettes came on the scene. Smoking was my biggest hobby as a child. I know that sounds crazy, (laughs) but at about 11 or 12, I discovered smoking and it was all I wanted to do. I found different ways to smoke. I would roll up herbs in A4 paper Mm. like that. It would end up like a bonfire down the bottom of my feet, setting myself on a light. I would try and inhale the incense off incense sticks. I was roasting banana skins. I was doing anything I could to get some toxic substances into my body why what was I don't know that I was rebelling I, it was how I was chose to rebel and how I like to my mates look I've got cigarettes I've stolen cigarettes look come with me it was like a superpower I was like you can be mates with me I'm the fun one come and join me in my little naughty gang and that was how I expressed myself then yeah so since that point my rebellious side kicked in and all the wholesome activities got booted out of the way what about you, Hamish? Did you have hobbies as a kid?
0: Yeah, I don't think my hobbies have been that affected by my booze, except for music. So I've always played a lot of sport, and I can still do that when drinking or not. But yeah, musically, I used to play the piano, the trumpet, the drums, and the bagpipes. Oh, and yeah. when I went to uni, that was neither cool nor easy to do. Like it took a lot of time. I had to drive somewhere, or I didn't have a car to get a cab or. Scotland, would, you had to go to Scotland. Yeah, I had to go to Scotland <laughs> every time and play this loud instrument. So it was. I guess, in a way, I chose social life over continuing to play music. Yeah, and that was obviously to do with booze and going out and, and meeting people. And uni was also a time when I don't know if it's me to blame or English uni culture. It might be a cop out to call it English uni culture, but because of the way it's designed, it's all about getting a two-one. Right, getting a two-one. Oh, yeah. So I, for the first time in my life, and I think booze played a part of this, and like partying in Newcastle, I did the absolute bare minimum. In order to get a 2 1, I got a 2 1, but it was the first time in my life I really didn't try my hardest. You know, I think once you've done that for three years, which is what I did, or you don't try at all in your first year, you need to get 40% to get through the first year, that is quite a difficult habit to get out of. You're then looking to cut corners and you're looking for the easy way out more often than not. So I think that's actually a bad habit that you can pick up through. For me, it was, yeah, boozing and and university. And I picked up more bad habits than good habits at uni.
1: Yeah, you'd think you'd go in there to learn more, educate yourself, actually. It's like going to prison where you just learn how to be a better thief or a better dealer or a better. (laughs) You come out with a lot more criminal skill than you went in with. Enough about how useless we've been over the years. Let's take a peek under the sober blanket, Hamish, and reveal some of the hobbies that we've picked up that have improved our life since.
0: So Vic, you've been sober longer than I have. You're already a parent to three children, one dog, a wife to a wonderful husband. I imagine you don't get too much time to yourself, but how do you fill your days?
1: Because I have three young kids, I feel like I have to have time to myself because otherwise I would absolutely be banging on the door of a mental institution Mm -hmm. probably not called that anymore are they mental be, a, be a, more sensitive. a Victorian asylum yes <laughs> yeah. nicely put I really need those I don't know whether it's a different male and female thing because my husband doesn't need that time like he's happy to be with the family all the time and he doesn't need to have his own thing going on as much but for me I need to have things now in my sobriety that are not work related not related to sober awkward or drunk mummy sober mummy or cuppa or anything I need to have stuff that I do on my own because that's what fills my cup as it were mm-hmm. Intended? Mm sort of. Yeah. <laughs> So my first thing I did was pottery. My dad always says, don't give up your day job whenever I mention my pottery. But I started making these massive monkey heads out of clay, which I absolutely love doing. I don't know where it comes from, but it feels really tribal to me. And creating something out of nothing is so bloody satisfying. I started silversmithing. I learned that as a sort of trade when I gave up drinking. And of course, the main thing was that I get started writing. The day that I gave up drinking, I got my old diaries out and I started to log my drinking journey. And I hadn't really written until, you know, since my travels in my early 20s and that was a real, in, a really fascinating way to get across all my emotions about my sobriety and I love doing that and of course so I've written a book since then
0: So these are all crafts and creative practices that you basically said goodbye to when you started booze These are all alcohol. things
1: that I've always done that actually booze cut off yeah. at a very young age so let's say 16, 17 I knew I could do these things I knew I could write well I knew I could communicate with people and make them laugh as soon as alcohol was introduced they all disappeared completely So you're coming back to them now? I'm coming back to them So now i found new ways new hobbies that I enjoy Like I like going geocaching with my son which is when you look for Do you not know what that is? So you have an app, a geocache app and there's treasure everywhere, you don't even know it's there but everywhere we're sitting now Hamish if we put the geocaching, someone has hidden a a little bag of feathers or a nice rock probably within 20 metres of us and with the geocache app you get clues and you can go and find mm. these things wherever they are so we go geocaching looking for treasure you know i do stuff with my kids which i didn't do when i was hung over before and so i create hobbies that involve the family which is lovely And I put more time into helping others. That is a hobby of mine. You know, I have my sober meetups, my breakfasts and things. So even sobriety is a hobby for me because I enjoy it and I have to work on it. So therefore, I make it part of my life and, and make fun with it. And also, I love putting videos together of my kids and sitting on iMovie and putting all my pictures together to music. I love all that sort of online stuff. And even editing this podcast, I love doing as well. So, you know, there are times I'm crying on my pillow, wondering what I should be doing with my life and sitting crying in the Audi car park. But I have found some really great hobbies since I gave up drinking.
0: So crying in an Audi car park, not a recommended sober hobby of yours?
1: Not the best, not the best pastime. But if you need to do it, do it. I'm there on a Wednesday at (laughs) 6pm.
0: We could all park next to each other like dogging.
1: Yeah, we could all hold hands. (laughs) (laughs) Not quite like dogging, but something different. (laughs) As someone who's only a few weeks sober, Hamish, what kind of hobbies can you see yourself exploring further?
0: Well, what I'm trying to do is to focus on a short term goal and then create or build hobbies around it. So I've got a marathon coming up in a few weeks' time. So I'm thinking, okay, that's the goal. What hobbies can I create around that? So I need to improve my fitness. So I'm doing more running than I would be doing. I'm going to the gym. I'm trying to eat and cook more. So I'm sort of trying to creative, I'm imagining like a tree yeah, and the goals at the top and then all the branches of different hobbies that can help build towards that goal. Okay, I'm
1: imagining your tree.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I hope that comes across. I'm not just completely mad. (laughs) Parenting's not exactly a hobby, although I do do it during my leisure time. I enjoy it. So it kind of fits the definition of what a hobby is. And there's plenty of hobbies that feed into parenting, like spending more time cooking, like I've mentioned. I need to get better at that. It also helps my wife because... I'm crap at it. I need to take some of the weight off for her. She thinks that she has to do it all the time, yeah. Maybe because she doesn't want to eat my cooking.
1: But yeah, no, I probably. To I've heard about your cooking. Yeah. But also the thing with that with kids around, when, my, when your kids get older, Hamish, my daughter loves craft and I love craft. Mm. So now I find myself doing all the things that I used to enjoy with her again. And it's brilliant.
0: Well, yeah, I can't wait for them to get to the age where I can instill the hobbies in them that I love. I'll just force them to love yeah, cricket them to and it, tennis. Yeah. And yeah, yeah.
1: The only problem is, is you have to clear up after everyone. Like, they don't clear up. It's fucking annoying. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well I'll just I'll just blackmail them. I'll just say if you clean up unlimited yeah. ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. Healthy rules like that. Yeah, healthy. Health. Unlimited
1: yeah. ice cream is always on the cards <laughs> if they're behaving.
0: One of the things that we both love doing, me and Liz, which I think is a great hobby to have, particularly if you are sober, is hosting parties.
1: Okay, great. So yeah. I think
0: going out to restaurants is Obviously, it's expensive, but it's more like the booze conversation is awkward if you're sober. We've spoken about this before. Yeah, Splitting the bill and everything around that is tough. But we both love hosting and yeah. we go above and beyond. We've actually got people staying tonight. Oh, great. So what we've done is we've got chocolates on the pillows for them.
1: Oh, nice. They've
0: brought their dog. So on another pillow, we've got a doggy treat.
1: God, you go all,
0: all we out. We go all out. Yeah. Last week when Liz had friends saying they arrived for the newborn, I said, give the baby to me. I bathed it so she could have... Some time oh, you're without nice. the baby—that was yeah. quite good. Yeah, so we like we like hosting, being up for sunrise. That's something that you can look forward to doing if you're if that's you're a sober. Lo- that a bit is easier.
1: a really recommended hobby. Doing that, yeah. if you can get up for sunrise every day, your day is guaranteed to start with joy.
0: Yeah, for yep. sure. I'm trying to get into surfing. I'm terrible. Mm. Liz's favourite hobby is watching me surf because I'm so bad. Oh, because it's, it's like a
1: funny thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, very, I'm
0: very tall. So yeah, you're quite going, lanky. Yeah, yeah, It's not, not really good. made for you, is no. it? No. Um, another thing which I love doing, which most people don't really do anymore, is writing letters. Mm. I don't know what it was. My parents are hot on us always writing thank you letters. Oh, yes. And I love doing it. I wrote one this morning because friends of ours gave my, my son Sonny a gift. And so I wrote a thank you letter from his point of view oh yeah great I love all that I love I love writing letters I don't know what it is about letters
1: I try and get my kids to write letters but the most recent one was to the tooth fairy and I said to my son George oh you need to write a letter because because you need to know what you need to do and I I saw him giggling to himself writing it in the lounge (laughs) and I was like what have you written he handed it to me and said oi tooth fairy you know the drill
0: (laughs) (laughs) there's something special about letters I do another podcast about grief And people always said to me that the best thing that they received when they were grieving their parents, I always Mm -hmm. interview people grieving their parents, was a written letter talking about your memories of that person. Because it's not something that you can do whilst taking a shit. Yes. You'll receive a million texts saying, oh, sorry to hear your news, oh, I think about your dad, whatever. If you write a letter and it's taken time and you send it, it's a physical thing that they can hold and they can keep and they can store it and read it in six months or 12 months or when they're Mm -hmm. having a bad day. There's something very special about it. So I love writing letters.
1: Okay, I think that's a lovely habit. Mm. These are obviously just a few things that might have worked for both of us, but you can obviously do whatever you like. Well, not
0: anything, Vic. We don't want to be seen as the podcast that started a trend of people shoplifting or licking escalators. Mm. That was my childhood. Most people had tennis elbow. I had escalator tongue.
1: Escalator tongue, that's new to me. I think I'm going to try that. I'll see you at the plaza later oh, for no. a bit of escalator tongue. I'll be to
0: strangers at the bottom and you'll be licking the escalators. <laughs>
1: it's like we've done really bad acid, yeah. gone on a weird trip. <laughs> Keep your hobbies legal. A few other ideas that might work for you if you're newly sober are things like challenging yourself to do something new, something you've never done before. Do stand up, a skydive, an ocean swim, pottery like I do, medieval LARPing festival. My sister went to one of these amazing medieval festivals yes. where everyone's sort of dressed as Zelda and, you know, I'm definitely up for that because I'm a bit obsessed. That's my new sober hobby is playing the switch with my son. So yeah, I'm a bit obsessed with Zelda at the moment. But Can yeah. we
0: delve into that? Because the Go other on. day I called you and you said, hang on home. I said, oh, what? Well, it must be important. You're on YouTube looking up cheats.
1: Don't tell anybody that I looked up the cheats. That is against all the rules. Zelda cheats online. Yeah, I mean, that's what I do. That's what you, when you have a 10-year-old son, you'll know. He's only three months old, yours. He'll be into Zelda <laughs> yeah. in no time.
0: It's also always a good tip to try and do something productive with your hands. I remember Lucy saying on the podcast that she learned how to knit. Um, I would be interested to do maybe some origami or some sign language. Become a professional waiver.
1: Oh yeah like that bloke that always sits at the end of your road waving at people.
0: Yeah it's a nice touch isn't it? Yeah yeah, yeah lots of friendly.
1: waving is good in sobriety.
0: <laughs> become become the greatest waver out there yeah
1: being the Guinness Book of Records is having the biggest wave that would be a good idea don't start smoking that's another tip yeah that is a good tip (laughs) yeah because when we're saying do something with your hands we mean do something positive with them like waving not smoking connect with someone that's doing the same thing cuppa for example go onto the cuppa community meet someone for a hobby go stained glass window making you know go for a Morris dancing class do whatever you like but do something fun with someone else that makes it all the better Like Vic's done, find
0: a passion for sobriety. Make that your hobby. Read the books, follow the pages and groups, listen to this podcast. Sober can be a full-time hobby. Actually, for lots of us, it has
1: to be. Yep, it definitely has to be for me. If you were a connoisseur of wines and beers, you know, become someone who does that with AF drinks, with alcohol-free stuff. Swap the bad for the good. Be creative with your ideas and brainstorm. Make mocktails instead of cocktails and swap out the the alcohol drinks for something that's going to be healthy and good for you and you can make that your hobby I actually did that at uni with juice I had a juice oh, yes. bible yes you told me about that there. juice yeah. bible
0: so we, me and a friend would go buy a different juice every yeah. week from Sainsbury's or Tesco's or M&S or whatever we shopped around yeah. and then we'd write we'd write three or four sentences and we'd give it a mark out of I think it was about five
1: god I hope you've still got those diaries published yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: No, it didn't turn into a career. Okay, I that uh, well, that not a bad idea. Could have a podcast for Juice. Juice man. <laughs> uh, if in doubt, lots of sober folks like to get really into walking or just getting out into nature. Start at the ocean or a tree. Breathe in the joy of not being hungover and how wonderful life really is. Practice being grateful. Both of us have got gratitude books that we try and keep up and you can try and make that your hobby.
1: Yeah, that is a great idea. I mean, volunteering as well. Help a neighbour. A friend of mine gives haircuts at the community centre, which is brilliant. Like, helping people takes away your need to drink and Mm. it gives you more of a focus on another thing. So... I used to do Meals and Wheels when I first got sober. I used to have one day a week where I went and delivered meals to old people. It was absolutely brilliant. It was also quite confronting because I didn't realise there were so many people in my community that were so isolated and so alone. It was quite scary. There was this one brilliant woman who, it was really cold one day, and she was like, are you all right, dear? I was like, yeah, here's your meal. She was like, go and put on some fucking mittens. (laughs) I loved her. I used to go and see her and sit and have a cup of tea with her on the end.
0: Um, I think that's a that's a good one for anyone that doesn't have kids. We always talk about kids because we both both parents. But yeah. anyone that doesn't have kids and finds themselves with a lot of time when they're sober doing something like that, going to volunteer can be a, a really great way of spending it.
1: Yeah, and Lucy started working for Lifeline when she gave up drinking as well because she had she gives a day a week now where she goes and does that. So really give yeah give yourself out there, put yourself out there for, for these things.
0: Any other hobbies that really relate to self care? Like I said, I'm doing the breathing stuff, but yoga, meditation, hiking, sailing, collecting stamp, buying all bits of crap from op shops, anything like that, anything that looks after yourself, but isn't too addictive. Like.
1: And anything that stops you drinking, like that's all it is. Find something that's more productive and more healthy and gets you out into the world. And, you know, you're living your life then. You're not just sat at home with a bottle of booze. We don't want to pretend that changing your hobbies and getting sober is necessarily going to be easy. It might take you some time to really find that thing that entertains and energizes you the way that drinking used to. So if you don't find the right thing, keep looking. In the end, you might find something completely out of character, like line dancing, something that will really fill your sober cowboy boots.
0: I'm sure there are going to be plenty of nights when I'm home alone in tears, reading a sad book about the Second World War or singing Twinkle Twinkle for the hundredth time while my friends are out partying and dancing on speakers. That is when I'll really question my life decisions. Yeah. But what I'm really interested in, Vic, is whether there have been any hobbies that you've tried that have not worked. Zelda obviously has. Any that might have even triggered you into wanting to pick up the bottle again. Without wanting to sound too much like Ed Sheeran, are there any bad habits?
1: Well, actually, I would say Zelda, like starting with an addictive personality, not that I believe that there is such a thing as addictive personality, but I am someone who does enjoy things and then takes it too far. Okay. Obviously, <laughs> have
0: you bought a Zelda
1: costume? I am thinking about it, <laughs> and there is a, an event coming up where everybody dresses as Zelda, and you go on this interstay in a camping trip and stuff, which I would quite like to do. Oh my God, but yeah, have. I take things too far like that. So actually, that is bad. I need to learn how to how to control myself around new hobbies as well, even if they're not addictive and not unhealthy. I, there are certain aspects of things that I get. I get too into. Mm. I did go to Frisbee Club after having my first child, and that just, just for anyone who's given up drinking, I am brilliant at Frisbee, but the pitch is fucking massive. <laughs> I didn't realize it's like the size of 10 football pitches, and no one threw me the Frisbee once, and I just ran up and down this field like with tears rolling down my face, oh, no. feeling really rejected. Yeah, and I came away feeling really sad because Frisbee is my favorite. Yeah, so I never went to a Frisbee club oh, again.: we yeah, can no start. one threw yeah, I can
0: start a Frisbee.: club. They didn't trust me. We can start a two-person frisbee club in in a very small room, and we'll just we're going to do it in here. We'll just pass the frisbee to each other. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I'm in. I'll (laughs) do. What
0: else didn't work? I
1: did go to a free dance night, which was when you dance in a room with loads of people to some really weird sort of ethereal music, and you're sort of giving yourself up to the sky. And I was sort of raising my hands and making weird noises. That was the most uncomfortable thing I've ever done in my entire life. (laughs) It was so awkward. I mean, we call this podcast Sober Awkward for a reason because being sober is generally quite awkward. Mm. But that was out of this world awkward. <laughs> it was all kind of middle-aged women with no bras just kind of sitting on the ground on pillows at the end just sort of going <gasps> oh, making all these weird noises. Tongues. I don't know, we're kind of connecting with our wombs or something. Yes. Uh, all I connected was with the wind that was, you know, building up in my stomach so I wanted to do a big. I quite want to do that. That was quite interesting. Yeah, I might send you to that actually. <laughs> yeah, so... I did try a few new things without alcohol that were actually too confronting for me, which can happen as well. So the point is you've got to keep going to things. I do plan on joining a choir. I do like singing. And I wouldn't mind joining a drumming club, like communal drumming. I do like the idea of people coming together like a sort of flash mob or... Big drumming club or people, a lot of people in one place doing one thing. Yeah. Of course, I did the thriller dance for my son's oh, um, Halloween party a couple of years ago. Me and all the mums secretly learnt the thriller dance. We told them we were going to yoga every week and we practiced in secret. And then we appeared dressed as zombies at this party and did the full thriller dance it was it was the best I, you've seen it haven't you I've it to it. you. It's, it's like the peak of my life that moment and i was sober throughout that whole thing one of the best things i've ever done so any mums out there get the other mums together and learn the thriller dance at the school hall or whatever because it is brilliant thing to do <laughs> i know you like wearing mascot outfits hamish maybe one of your new hobbies could be becoming a furry. do you know you, what that is
0: no you need to explain
1: yeah a person that dresses up as a giant animal as a sexual fetish Thanks. You would love that, wouldn't you? No. <laughs> yeah. You're about the right height. You could be like a massive panda or something.
0: I did. Well, So I told you that I was a mascot at the Surrey County Cricket Club. Yes. I did have quite a weird interaction once with a kid. Yeah. So there was a, a group of kids. It was actually a really quiet game. So rather than me being on the pitch, they said, Hamish, hey, get into the stands. And I mixed oh, with, yeah. Mixed, it was a school that was there, mixed with the school. So I went up to this group of kids and there was obviously the ringleader, who was probably 11, 12, and someone said to him, is it a boy or a girl? And without taking a breath, grabbed my crotch, oh. gave it a squeeze. He went, it's a boy. <laughs> I sort of love that kid. I oh, know, but you can't break character as the as the lion. So I just have to wave. I can't speak. Just wave my finger at him. No, 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 little boy. Then quickly run away. In
1: suit. Yeah. Oh, my God. You didn't give in an elbow I as you passed away, it. did no, you?
0: No, it's awkward, though. Because when, when you're a mascot, I've had like, I've spent all day with one kid. You know, one kid yeah. who wants to hold my hand and walk around the ground. Yeah. And then I'll get in the bus Home, not in the costume, yeah. and he's sitting opposite him, and you really can't—you can't, can't say, anything. No. "It was me,
1: it was me." You can't say that. You just have to hope they don't grab your bollocks. Yeah. <laughs> So Vic, it
0: sounds to me like the benefits of filling your time with hobbies instead of drinking are twofold. Firstly, it will help you not to fixate on drinking. And secondly, it gives you the opportunity to broaden your horizons, upskill, get fit or educate yourself. In short, you are becoming a more interesting and varied person than someone who gets drunk every Friday and is hungover every Saturday.
1: Yeah, for sure. Most people feel a certain vulnerability in going sober. They fear their chat might suffer. In short, they will be seen as boring. But the op- opposite is actually true. Wouldn't you rather sit next to someone who's telling you about kite surfing Hamish for the first time or completing a tantric yoga course than hearing the same slurring story for the hundredth time that night?
0: We've all been there. That fear is real and that's why I feel it's so important to fill your sober days. Don't hide away like a hermit. Try one or two of these hobbies that we've mentioned in the episode or go out and do something completely different and tell us about it on the Cuppa website.
1: And remember the money episode. Now you have some spare funds to do the stuff you've never done before, so get out and do it. Spend that money on something cool, something new. Dave contacted me on cuppa. He said that he went to a music shop with his son to choose a guitar for his 10th birthday. When he got into the shop with his son, it hit him that he could learn it too. He could learn the guitar at the same time as his son. What a brilliant idea. He dipped into the not-drinking fund of disposable money that had not pissed up the wall, and he got a guitar. He says it's been a revelation in more ways than one not only did he get a hobby but he's got a hobby to do with his son and on Sunday mornings he asks him to help him learning and they fire up a YouTube video and sit together annoying the neighbours. He said it genuinely made him feel quite emotional as it dawned on him that it was nothing that he would have done when he was drinking, he would have just been hungover. So it's been great for his relationship with his son and for his mental health there you go, there's a perfect example of someone doing a new hobby and it totally changing their life. Oh what a
0: Story. And that is why having sober hobbies is a must. It opens up other avenues for deeper connections with family and friends, and you get to be that legend that brings that guitar a gampfire now. Dave, maybe when he gets good, not Not now. Yeah,
1: not yet. You've got to at least learn Stairway to Heaven. (laughs) So uh, we've got to talk about a challenge, Hamish. I've come up with a brilliant challenge because we were talking about these hobbies and getting yourself out there and that weird dance thing. Mm -hmm. It's funny that I mentioned that because actually, Hamish, what I'm sending you to is something called No Lights, No Lycra for your challenge (laughs) this week. So if you've listened to the podcast before, you'll know that I send Hamish on his newly sober challenges. And if this is your first time, the sentence is, what, Hamish?
0: Finish the sentence, the hardest thing to do sober is.
1: So actually, I'm being kind to you on this one. So I want to get you ready for those weddings that you've got coming up. So actually, you're going to be dancing in the dark. Yeah. So it's actually going to be quite freeing, but it will get you ready to be dancing in in the light at the wedding in england what no lights no lycra is it's a place for people to go and dance in a friendly not threatening drug and alcohol free atmosphere it occurs in like a dimly lit room amazing and you can just you know let rip basically get all your best moves out there i wouldn't mind coming with you actually you
0: have to come please come with me otherwise i'm going by myself all
1: right i might come to that one
0: is it weird that i'm thinking what shall i wear (laughs) <laughs> like yeah, it's yeah. in the dark, but I want to get dressed up. You almost go want dancing. to wear like
1: rave outfit, don't you? Like full fl- fluoro sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, that would be good. Okay,
0: let's get dressed up and go dancing in the dark this week. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I'm in. Let's finish this one with a quote and a song. You do the quote, I'll do the song.
1: An idle mind with enough time on their hands is far worse than a politician. Nice, very political of us. Very political yes. of us.
0: Um, and the song, and I really encourage you to go listen to this, this one's by Luke Concannon, who's the singer from Nisloppy I spoke about. In the oh yes, you like Nisloppy, don't you? I love Nisloppy, I love Luke, Luke Concannon. So the song is called Doing Nothing and I'm just going to read you the opening line of it because it might resonate with you. He says, I'm not doing nothing at all Doing nothing at all with my life. I am watching." stage fighting and comedy shorts all night. I'm doing nothing at all that I'm called to not living the life I was born to because I'm scared of my gift
1: oh yeah and there's something to be said for like being scared of what you can achieve but the brilliant thing is about being sober is you get to go out there and try new things if you don't like them put them aside and try something new but this is your opportunity to grow your health and your mental wealth as well because doing these things makes you feel satisfied and it really fulfills your life so we're not saying that you have to get sober hobbies we're recommending you do it to fill that time that you had when you were drinking with something more positive and it has so many benefits.
0: We're going to go ice bathing.
1: We're going to go (laughs) ice bathing. Should we take Alan with us? God, no. No. (laughs)
0: He doesn't doesn't love a lot. I don't think he'll love ice bathing. He will hate us forever.
1: (laughs) If you're questioning your relationship with booze, you're struggling to moderate or your hangovers are causing anxiety, it might be time to reach out for some support.
0: Yeah, just talk to a mate about how you're feeling, contact a local doctor, find an AA or sobriety group. Vic's got one.
1: Yeah, just head to www.cupa.community.
0: Remember, if you're questioning yourself, it might be time to seek support.
1: Even though this journey can be awkward, it is definitely worth it. And if you've enjoyed the Sober Awkward podcast, don't forget to review it, rate it, and share it with your mates. Do they have to share it with their mates. Yeah, of course they do. I'm not doing this for nothing, honey. Miss Bloody hell have to share.